The new mayor of St. Louis wants to continue to allow her citizens to be murdered. For Democrats, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And nope, that isn't the behavior of a straight man. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, kind of a slow news weekend. We got a couple of things. So St. Louis, Missouri has the worst murder rate in the country. It is averaging, this year, 87 murders per 100,000 people. To show you the contrast, the second highest murder rate in the country is Baltimore, with 57 murders per 100,000. That's this year. St. Louis' murder rate is the highest it's been in over 50 years. Now, through the world, St. Louis is ranked the 13th in 2020 was ranked the 13th in murder throughout the world, according to Statista. It has more murders per 100,000 than Cape Town, South Africa, San Salvador, El Salvador, and Juarez, Mexico, which are, which is the, I mean, Juarez, Mexico, they I don't know. They put heads on stakes in Juarez, Mexico. It just absolutely incredible. So what is the best way to lower crime? How about cut the budget for the police department and close down the jails? That's how St. Louis Mayor Tishara Jones is going to handle this whole thing. Of course, she's the first black female mayor in St. Louis history, so... She doesn't actually need to do a good job. She's black and she's a female, and that's really what's important. But, I mean, look at look at what hap- what's happening in Chicago with Lori Lightfoot, who is an absolute disaster in Chicago. Uh, to the left, she's already doing a good job just because she's black and she's a woman. If she was a lesbian, she would have hit the jackpot there. She was elected mayor last month, and she ran on this progressive criminal justice reform. Interim City of St. Louis Director of Public Safety, Daniel Issam, explained the way the mayor's plan is going to work. Now, just listen to this language. Quote, funding a comprehensive approach to violent crime is the best approach to reducing murders. This requires both police and partnering partnering agencies adequately funded to support victims and hold offenders accountable. It also requires targeted arrests and prosecutions to get murderers and shooters off the streets and not filling the jails with nonviolent offenders. So, first part, funding comprehensive research, spend money and spend it on a lot of non-police projects. Don't throw criminals in jail and don't do any proactive policing to actually prevent people from going out and murdering other people. That's the plan. Yeah, that's going to work great. We see how that's working in Los Angeles and New York. Um, I remember what Rudy Giuliani did when he was the mayor of New York. And I remember being in New York when Giuliani was uh, mayor. He increased the police force, threw criminals in jail, and encouraged proactive policing 
by implementing stop and frisk. Now, stop and frisk, don't get me wrong, it's kind of controversial, but one of the things stop and frisk actually did was it arrested people before they actually committed crimes and let people go who weren't carrying anything. A lot of, a lot of, um, Democrats want to say, well, look at stop and frisk. They, they stopped 635,000 people. Well, yeah, but they also released most of them. So if you do, if you're not carrying a gun, you're not going to get arrested, right? Crime in New York was at its lowest levels in history. It, the streets were clean. You could actually go out at night and not worry about getting mugged. The left hated it because they said it violated civil rights. It violated the Fourth Amendment. It targeted blacks. No, it targeted the areas where there was crime. See, we always this. There's always this confusion. Well, it targets blacks. No, it targets the area of crime. And if crime happens to be like the Bronx. The Bronx is, I mean, Bronx has always been kind of an iffy neighborhood. In that case, it's going to be targeting the people who live in the Bronx, mostly Puerto Ricans. Are they going out after? No, it's just they're walking around. What this, what this guy, what is this guy doing out at two in the morning? And by the way, most of the stop, search and frisk, stop and frisk were in the morning. I mean, if you're out at 2 a.m. walking the streets, probably not doing it for a good reason. If it's in the middle of the day down down um, Times Square, they're not pulling people over and, and searching them. Not to mention these folks were trained on how on what to look for. Bill de Blot, Mike Bloomberg liked the plan. Yes, it went through court a bunch of times. Uh, sometimes it it was it won and lost. I I can't even tell how they see it today if it's considered constitutional or unconstitutional. Last time I heard, it as it was actually found constitutional in an appellate court. I don't think search uh, stop and frisk has ever gotten to the Supreme Court, at least not that I saw. But um, Mike Bloomberg saw what Giuliani did with New York City, and he kept stop and frisk going. He never stopped it. And Bloomberg was a Republican at that time, but he was a very moderate Republican. He's a Democrat now. And it was completely killed off by that idiot Bill de Blasio. And now, look at New York City. New York City's a mess. It's a crime-ridden. You can't walk the streets. There are hate crimes left and right, usually against Jews or Asians. And, by the way, per perpetrated by blacks. So this is happening right now. New York City is an absolute disaster. I won't even take my fiance who's never been there. I won't take her simply because, hey, we, we take our lives in our hand when we go to New York City. Well, Tashara Jones has decided she's going to follow the footsteps of Bill de Blasio. And basically, her goal, get rid of police, have uh, have civil, have um, some sort of programs with uh, counselors and crap like that, and close jails, and not throw people who commit crime in jails. I mean, if you're going to stick, if you're going to stick people who commit murder and rape, those are the only ones that are going to go to jail or violent crimes, whatever that is. I, jails are going to be empty, but you're going to have crime all over the streets because these people aren't going to be afraid they're going to go to jail. When did it become a bad thing that you worried about going to jail? Well, according to these, the leftists, 
And, and we see what's going on. Detroit's a mess. St. Baltimore's a mess. Los Angeles is a mess. San Francisco is a mess. Uh, all these states that run with this leftist narrative about the police, they're all falling apart. Uh, that Gascon, who is the DA for the county of Los Angeles, he's about to get recalled because he doesn't want to put anyone in jail. You're a district attorney. That's your job is to put people in jail. Well, that's not what's happening anymore. Well, in our next story, here, here we go again. I mean, things are, are, things are so bad for the Democratic Party that they feel the need to bring up Trump and the January 6th riots again. It's, oh my, it, this is so annoying. Last week, the House passed a bill that would create a 9-11-style commission to investigate the January 6th Capitol riots. Now, mind you, this is so old. This is so old, but they have to keep this narrative up because they're doing such a crappy job right now, and they own all three houses of government. I mean, they own the Senate, the House, and the presidency, and they're just doing a crappy job. So the vote in the House was 252 to 175. Uh, there were 35 Republicans who supported the commission. Most Republicans do not support the commission. The chances that this is actually going to get through are like zero. Uh, it requires the Senate to have 60 votes. And right now the Senate is 50-50. And most Republicans, I'd say 45 of the 50 just don't think it's necessary to have a uh, another commission, a 9-11 commission. I think this whole thing is garbage and a misdirection. That's all it is. The Joe Biden supports this commission, and that shouldn't be a huge surprise. He has some major issues in his first four months, and bringing out the past to demonize Trump and his supporters seems like a really good idea right now because... We sure as heck don't want to be talking about his failures. Biden's problem is that he is getting to the point that he can't blame Trump for all his problems. That the border crisis is not a Trump fault. And even the leftist media is beginning, the Democratic media is beginning to point out, well, I mean, we didn't have this last year. We didn't have this problem with uh, the border last year. Um, the economy was booming last year. At this time last year, the uh, the unemployment rate was way down. Inflation was way down. We were a supporter of oil. I mean, we could give our own oil. Gas prices have gone up 33%. And the thing is, this is all under Biden's watch. And as much as he tries to blame Trump for this stuff... It's becoming a lot harder to do this. But here's the other thing about this commission that, that's kind of trippy. I don't think this commission is going to go the way the Democrats want it to go, if it convenes. I don't think it's going to, but if it does convene. Because there are a lot of questions about what was going on during January, January 6th. Now, understand something. I think what happened January 6th was bad. I don't support any of them. I think they should all go to jail. But the reality is they made it out like people were bringing in bombs and stuff and that just wasn't what happened. Most people were looking at um, 
we're looking at trespassing charges. So here's some things that they're going to that I think also need to come up. There're going to be questions about the riots last summer and why there was no commission on that. Democrats will bring that up. Why aren't there any riot why aren't there any talks about the 3 billion dollars in damage that was done and why these people were not actually arrested? Questions are going to be about the anti-Semitic violence we're seeing all over the place right now. I mean, no one's stopping. There was a guy who beat the crap out of somebody in New York with a pole. He got arrested, charged with three hate crimes, and ended up being released the next day. In other words, there seems to be kind of an unequal implementation of justice. 300 people were arrested during the Capitol riots. You take a look at the number of people that were in the riots last summer, not even close to the percentage were arrested. A bunch of people, I think it's about 150, are still in prison, in jail, and under solitary confinement. Meanwhile, those folks, nobody is in jail. None of the Antifa or BLM riders, uh, rioters are in jail. They usually get out right, right away. There's going to be questions about how Kamala Harris, our vice president, actually ran fundraisers to free rioters, and yet she doesn't have a problem with these rioters. And by the way, they're both rioters. Don't get me wrong. Those guys should be in prison. I have no problem with that. But yeah, so should the rioters in Portland. So should the rioters in Seattle, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Detroit, all those rioters, New York. They should all be in prison. But it's unequal. It's going to point out, there, things are going to come up about how the Capitol Police really kind of screwed this thing up, allowing people into the Capitol building. There's now film footage of that. There's going to be, there are pictures of police actually taking pictures of the rioters and actually talking to the rioters. The failure of Nancy Pelosi to add security, even though she was told to do so by the authorities. The failure of Washington, D.C., Muriel Bowser to add extra police or even the National Guard, even though she was warned she should do so. It's going to expose some things that the media has hidden and the politicians have hidden. One, only one person was actually killed in the Capitol riots. No one talks about that. They talk about, oh, five officers were killed. Well, no, they weren't killed. They died of natural causes. A couple of them died of suicides later. Now, maybe that had some, the riots had some effect on that. My, we're, we, we don't know. One of the reasons I think it, it may have had, uh, suicide may have been a thing. It wasn't because of the extreme violence, because there really wasn't any. What it probably was, these cops screwed up and they, their careers were probably on the line. Because that's what we're finding out. They're not talking about the Capitol Police and how they screwed up. Capitol Police did screw up. I mean, taking pictures with rioters. There is film of a, a police officer talking to, in this case, it's Viking Man. You remember him? Talking to him on the floor of the house. And he said all he wanted to do was take a couple pictures and he'd take off. And then he asked the guy who was following him to film him. Hmm. Um, 
it's also going to expose Ashley Babbitt, who was the only one killed. Do you realize to this day, we don't know who shot her? We don't know why she shot her. Now, I'm not one of these guys who thinks she shouldn't have been shot. Uh, looking at that part of the riot, which I thought was extremely violent, I don't blame a guy for shooting uh, shooting her. She was actually crawling over the people and trying to sneak through a broken window. That's what the video shows. And then a gun comes out while she's going and they shot. And that actually did stop the people from trying to break in. So I am not one of these people. I think Ashley Babbitt got what she deserved. You just don't do that. So I'm not one of these guys that says, oh, Ashley Babbitt, poor her. No, I, I don't say that. But we don't know anything about her. We don't know anything about who shot her. We don't know anything about why she was shot. I, the other thing we're going to hear is the lies that people like AOC and the squad and others used. For example, where was AOC? If she decided to question, I'd love to know where she was. Because remember, she kept saying how she was in danger and blah, blah. And she was like half a mile away from the actual riots. So I think some of the things that the Democrats are not going to want to come out are going to end up com coming out in this commission. Because you think Republicans aren't going to use them. Oh, they will. But I think the big thing, and I think this is, this is going to be a real bad thing for the Democrats, this is going to turn off independents, classical liberals, and moderate Democrats. They're going to see this as a waste of time. And I know a lot of Democrats who, who basically say, hey, um, I, this is getting old. They keep talking January 6th. Do you know how many riots they've had since January 6th? Portland is practically closed. They're constantly closed. They actually started another Chaz in Portland. And they started, I believe they started a Chaz in Colorado. So this stuff is not, I mean, we've had a ton of riots and no one's talking about that. So why would the Democrats want to do this? Well, first off, it's another attempt attempt at impeaching Trump. They couldn't impeach him on anything. You know, they tried twice. Well, this is another way to impeach Trump. It's also another way to bring Trump into the news. Right now, Trump is off social media, which I think social media people are beginning to see was a huge mistake. Uh, Twitter is just garbage, right? Hard garbage. I mean, half the reason you listen to Twitter was to read what Trump was going to say. Now people, now Twitter's stock is way down. People are just don't even acknowledge it anymore. Um, it's another way to demonize Trump voters. Don't think this is going to be about Democrats trying to get down to why the January 6th riots happened. Okay, What this is going to be about is making all Trump voters or all conservatives, I'll go a step further, conservatives, into white supremacists. That's what it's going to be. This whole thing by the end would be it was about white supremacy, when in reality it had nothing to do with white supremacy. There was a gentleman who, uh, where was it? I don't know. He took, I think he took, I can't remember. I'm not going to bring that story up since I can't actually remember anything about it, but I believe what he did is he actually took video of the January 6th attacks. He ended up being, he was a Trump supporter. He ended up being arrested and he actually got, uh, I believe it was $90,000 from CNN. So the police arrested him 
and he is a Trump supporter. They arrested him. They took his $90,000 from CNN, and then it turns out he's black. So you've got to sit there and say, okay, not all Trump supporters are going to be, uh, are, are going to be white supremacists. This, the other thing they want to do, they want to darken the Republicans before. They want to uh, demonize the Republicans before the 2022 midterm elections. They got to have something it's because they're going to they're going to get killed. The I just found out today the average seat switch on a midterm election when the president is is of a certain political party usually switches 25 seats. So the Republicans they've they got something to look forward to in 2022. They're probably going to take the house. They just have to make sure they don't screw up. That's the same with the Senate. It's very possible Joe Biden, I'm sure he'd love this, is going to end up with a uh, with a just a dead Congress. He's not going to get anything accomplished. Probably part of the rush to get everything done now. And of course, it's going to deflect from the disasters of Biden's leftist policies, the employment problem, the border crisis, crime problem, fuel problem, inflation, the Middle East disaster. This will just be another show commission. A bunch of politicians, probably no one's going to watch, just sitting and sitting on top of their pulpits and, and screaming at each other. It's a waste of time. People are not only not going to care about this commission, they're not going to watch this commission. They're probably going to be really turned off by it. As And if I were, if I were in the House or Senate and I was on that commission... The first thing I would say is, I'm not interested to speak. This is, this is a travesty. It's stupid. I'm going to not say anything. The last story just really annoys me. And I know people will say that that's some sort of hiding in the closet thing if I say that. But I, there's a reason that it annoys me and I decided to bring it up. Uh, according to an article in metro.co.uk, if you go to Dumbass Talking Politics, you can read the entire article. Uh, there was an article called Straight Men in Bromance's Kiss, Cuddle, and Stand Around Naked Together by Chris Caulfield. Uh, straight men like to do homosexual things with their straight male friends is essentially what this one's about. So let me read the introduction. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because it's just, it's such an asinine article. But it is an important article. And I, I say this, I say it's important because, and I said this, that articles like this are important for dozens for dozens of times I've said why. And you probably even know what I'm going to say at the end of this article. But let's, let's listen to this. So, quote, according to research published in, in Sex Roles, a journal of research, there's a strong desire to cuddle and hug between bromantic friends, while kissing is just another way of showing affection. <sighs> One of the students involved told the authors, you can, quote, lie in bed with your bromance, have a, a cuddle or just talk, end quote. While another said he understood it as having a, quote, cuddle buddy, end quote. A third thought cuddling, hugging, and sex jokes were a, quote, core part, end quote, of the bromantic friendship. A bromance has been defined as, quote, an emotionally intense bond between straight men, end quote. Some agreed that it, this was the case when asked, whereas others offered it unsolicited as part of the definition of a bromance. 
in all 29 of 30 men who took part said they had cuddled their bromantic partner. This latest work also backs a 2012 study that found that 89% of the 104 to 45 surveyed undergraduate heterosexual men had kissed on the lips. I wonder where they got those 145 guys. I don't they I don't know. One participant said, quote, "Guys nowadays in my generation, there is so much kissing between guys because it's showing affection." End quote. Another added, quote, I hug him and kiss my bromance and tell him I love him. Hey, Dave, I love you, man. I love you. Actually, yeah. Participants also talked about how comfortable they were to be naked with their bromances. One participant said, quote, I live in a house with three other guys and there are massive bromances going on between us. We walk around naked. I got no problem standing naked in a room with my housemates. We feel comfortable being naked around each other, end quote. The study was conducted across a three-month period between August 2014 and November 2014 and involved semi-structured interviews into the friendship experiences of 30 undergraduate men. Okay, 30, 30 men. So you're going to... So what these characters are doing is they're basing an entire gender on 30 interviews and a 2012 interview 2012 study of 145 people and god only knows where they got all these people anyway it gets better uh 30 undergraduate men who identified as heterosexual or mostly heterosexual mostly heterosexual doesn't that mean bi or gay not heterosexual is what i'm basically saying they were enrolled in one of the graduate sports degrees programs at this, a single UK university. It, I mean, it's studies like this that they try and make into facts that you just want to say, what, you, what the hell is your problem? Okay, now there are a few things I want to take. I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to make these really solid statements. If you're a man and you have no problems walking around other men naked and are comfortable with it, you're gay or bisexual. If you are, you are not straight. If you are, I don't like being naked at the gym around men, not interested. If you are a man and are snuggling with another man, you are gay or bisexual. If you are a man and are kissing another man, you are gay or bisexual. If you are a man and say that you have a bromance with another man, you are gay or bisexual. And there's no such thing as mostly heterosexual. That means you are either bisexual or gay. There is no mostly heterosexual. And yes, bisexual is not heterosexual. Bisexual means you'll sleep with whoever. Why do I bring this up? Why do I keep bringing stories up like this? Because this is a type of changing of the language and perception. Changing our perception. That's what this whole thing is trying to attempt, is attempting to do. Is change perception. And that drives me nuts. 
This article basically points out that there is something wrong with me because I do not want to kiss another man. It's like the article that said that men who will not have sex with a trans woman must be gay. Now, you know what a trans woman is. A trans woman was a man who became a woman. So if I don't want to have sex with a trans woman who is a man, I'm gay. You see the the double-edged sword there? See the roundabout ways this goes? This story pushes the belief that you are weird if you don't buy into the gay or bisexual talking points. Just like you must be gay if you don't want to have sex with a man who says he's a woman. Well, here's the thing. I don't buy it. I'm not going to buy it. And I'm not weird because the only person I'm interested in kissing or snuggling with or cuddling with is my female fiancé. It's not a thing that I'm really gonna uh, gonna buy into. So there you have it. Those are three stories today. Look at that, and I follow. I'm really getting good with the Dave rule. Okay, uh, you can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, YouTube, and Rumble. Uh, I do have. I haven't put, posted in in a recent time, but I do have uh, dumbasses talking politics video shorts on YouTube and Rumble. These are literally 10-15 minute stories. I do have some that maybe go 15-20 minutes, uh, maybe go 20-25 minutes, but they're they're relatively short. Uh, you can visit my website at uh, Dumbasses Talking Politics to take a look at some of the uh, some of the uh, links that I have and all my show notes. Uh, I hope you have a nice day. We'll talk tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.